Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Oh, hockey game is the best game Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of the Rink Moose episodic podcast. A weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey realm. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along with my good friend, Nathan McKinnon's butt buddy. <laughs> God, nice. Shut up. How yeah. are you doing on this fine evening? Well, I'll be honest, Nick. I'm feeling a little under the weather, so I might sound a little dazed and confused out here. Okay. But uh, I promise to give you my uh, my full opinion and my studied answers, as usual, Nick. But mm-hmm. uh, before we begin, you made mention of fantasy hockey, and I've got a bone to pick with you on this topic. Okay. Our fantasy hockey league... Has gone listen, shit. Listen close, everybody. Has lost all credibility that <laughs> even existed on this fucking league. It's awful, Nick. Like It's like taking the rule book, taking the police. It's like anarchy. Throw them out the window. There's no rules anymore. Exactly. There's no rules out here. You got guys trading first round picks and duds for fucking Bergeron. You got guys just scooping up Vasilevsky and Blake Wheeler for peanuts. It's it's just it's ridiculous. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying, Well, do I play this game? Do I do I throw my hat into this ring and start trading all my my picks? And uh or otherwise I get left in the dust. But uh, I don't know. Do I, I? I don't know if I want to win this way for for this cheap, cheap win. I don't know if I can do it. Well, I'll I'll tell you what. Your your number one concern is that people inevitably leave the league. They trade their picks. They get these great players. They leave the league, and then they don't end up paying the toll yes. of of trading their picks. Exactly. But that, that okay. But that's not going to happen because this league has stick they this league started about 5 6 years ago around grade 10 grade 11 okay the guys in this league you know you may not know the guys i know as well but they're very good pals they're going to stick around yeah, i know your pals very well i know they well i don't know about braden yeah. braden's a wild card <laughs> that 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 kind of scares me sorry braden but um yeah i don't know I, if there's a trust level i i like these kind of deals if I was reading, uh, in fact, Dober on uh, on his ramblings was talking about this trading draft picks. Not Dober, and, and 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 said and said they're very they're very valuable. If 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 you have a ten to twelve man <coughs> league, and 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 the keeper is only two or three players, these first round second round picks are worth a lot and should garner a big return. And I think that's what we saw with with the Bergeron and the Wheeler and the Vasilevsky deals this past week. But if if it's like an eight keeper league like you're keeping eight players then fuck no you're not going to see those deals but because in this league we're only keeping two players yeah why not uh why not allow some creativity on the trades you know well that's the thing nick if if we fully trust in the integrity of this group then i think maybe those guys even trade. lose the trades like i would say the yeah value oh yeah draft picks are more valuable but all it takes is one guy out of ten to say hey guys uh, you know, I'm starting work. I can't do it this year. Yeah, no, and it, uh-huh. everything's fucked. Like you're looking at the guy who wins the 200 after trading his first, second, and third, and you're going, "Well, I don't know what to do about this." Well, yeah, I was thinking about that, and and I think what what can be used to counter that stuff is is you make like a penalty. It's like if you do that shit, if you just back out uh, for no particular reason. Uh, you got to pay a significant portion of the league fees the following year. 
Wouldn't that be something? Uh, in the following year? Yeah. So like, but what if they if, just if quit the, and it's just a two, run? If it's a two hundred dollar pot, the guy puts in a hundred bucks, and then everyone else only has to put in ten instead of twenty, because well, he was a dick and just left the league. Right. But what if he you just know? he says I'm not coming back like ever? And then you send some loan sharks after him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if if that guy is to win, maybe you just don't pay him the full amount. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one because he he would have ended up getting all those players, the Wheelers, the Bergerons, the Vasilevskis. He wins, backs out because he lost all his picks, and you're like, no, fuck you. Um, yeah. Here's here's only this much, or here's nothing at all. You know. Well, maybe some contracts yeah. need to be made. Exactly. Yeah. These are these are things that can be can be <clears throat> fought against. I I don't think it's reason to be concerned. I see why you're concerned, but again, I mean, let let's face it, a first round pick in in this past year's draft was a Johnny Goudreau, MVP candidate right now on my team. I got him with my first-round pick. Uh, Brad Marchand, another first-round pick. Yeah. Those are valuable assets that these guys are just trading away for rentals to have Bergeron for eight weeks or Vasilevsky for eight weeks. I'd much rather have a Marchand or a, or a, or a, you know, a, a kid like Johnny Hockey for, for 25 weeks, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. If you wrap your head around it, it's it's rational and that's why we've had it. The sad thing is like I'm not gonna trade my draft picks, I don't think. And now I'm kind of realizing that I can't win. <laughs> like it's kind well, of you, shit. You can. You can you can trade your picks. I you just but I don't have, want to. You have to draft really well the following year and be very savvy with your picks. I'm not like a Mac, Matt Moops who's in seventh place and, and starts trading picks like crazy. Like I'm only trading picks if I think I can I've got a really good chance at winning. I'm not oh, there sure. yet. I'm not there yet. Like if you if you were in my spot, first place, would you be trading your picks right now? Uh probably. Like you're you're guaranteed to get a buy in the playoffs. You just gotta win two weeks in the playoffs. You'd you'd be making some trips. I trades. would trade my everything's open except for my first. Everything's open to your first. Okay, yeah. something to think about because I haven't I haven't touched those picks, um, but something to think about. <clears throat> just don't don't screw the league any harder, please. Oh, what? Come on! I just sold you on how this isn't screwing the league. And I don't you're know. Saying... I might have All some right, inside sources just saying this league's going to shit. <laughs> Maybe you I'll... don't say it. It's not going to happen. Eh, well, there it is. So, Nick, we talked about the sad Gabriel Velarde news. Do you want to quickly update the fans on what's going on with the poor kid? I mean, if it matters. I mean, he's just... Oh, some, we got some L.A. Some... fans out here. I guess. You know uh, why Gabe it matters, Velarde? Nick? Is because... Why does it matter? L.A. can't afford to have a high first rounder go to the shits. That's why it matters. He was a top... What is he? 10th pick? I'm not concerned... Okay, anyways, just to, just to give you guys the news, he's been shut down for the rest of the year. He's going to recuperate. Here's the thing. He's shut down for the remainder of Kingston season. This is, which is bad. Short, which, is, which is shorter than the AHL's season. So mm -hmm. he may not be shut down for the whole year. It just means he's out for Kingston season. And if he recovers in time, he might be able to help the Ontario Reign in a potential playoff push. Nick? So, so it's... It, but, I've heard reports saying it could be potentially career-ending. Really? Like, he will actually have to really assess this and say, like, like make a decision here. Like, it's, I mean, it's not that, a minor thing. That would thing. be unfortunate. That would be very unfortunate. Like, I'm looking but, at, like, a Robbie yeah. Fabry deal and, and yeah. comparing it to that. And, my God, Nick, you can't have that. Your two know. favorite teams. Know. It's just, it, what, what's, what's going on? What's going on uh, here? No, I'm not concerned because if, if you were a well-informed Kings fan who watched the World Junior Championship, you would have saw guys like Rasmus Kupari oh. on Finland or, or Mikey Anderson, the captain of the Americans on defense. Mikey Anderson. Or, Mar or, <laughs> or Phillips. Or, or Marcus Phillips, top-pairing defenseman for Canada. To what? Top-pairing defenseman? He was, yeah. He, he was playing with uh, Evan Bouchard. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I call that the top pair at the end of the day. Oh, well, I think on paper it was. Uh, I mean, that team's a debacle, and we'll get into it soon. But regardless, <laughs> they were a top pair defense. defense. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So they they had some good prospect showing. 
Anderson know? Doolin, fucking lame. Anderson Doolin was great. He's like, such an uh, LA player. Gord, Gord Miller was just sucking him off. No, like uh, come the later. Yeah, he he was in love with. That's because he plays a boring game. Yeah, he play, but it's effective. It's like an NHL kind of brand kind of game. You yeah, know, win yeah. faceoffs, get the puck in deep, physical, kind of like a Zach Hyman. No, yeah, know? he'll be a great third liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Like the Kings look good there. They're in the running for Jack Hughes right now. Who, <clears throat> by the way, had an awful tournament. Was what? not yeah. very impressed with him. He didn't have an uh, awful tournament. He it was, had an it was injury for three he did, games. He barely played, and when he did play, he was off. He was off his game. You watched both, the both, USA games? I watched the final two US, US really? games. Really? Semi in the final. I was disappointed with both brothers. It was the first time I saw them play. No I was way. Very disappointed. Very I'm, disappointed. I'm very surprised, actually, because I, I didn't watch those games, as you know. So very I was kind of. Wow. And, that's and, 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 a lack, and a lack of character in my mind. Really? I, I, watched, I watched the Jack Hughes interview at, after the loss to Finland. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, he was in tears. Well, that's they fine. Asked him, they asked him, no, listen to this. They asked him, Jack, what did you learn from this experience? Or something like that. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, as far as I'm concerned, the, 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 there's nothing to learn from this. No. I'm, I'm just sad. Yeah, he said, I'm not going to take anything away from this. Wow. I just want to come back next year and win. You sounded like a pouting baby. You should see the clip on TSN. It should be there. I got to watch um, it because that sounds what a like baby. Yeah. He legit said, quote, I won't learn anything from this. Or I haven't like I haven't learned anything from. It. Wow. What a he bitch. just sounded like a baby who I, I cannot believe will be in the NHL next year. Just hearing him talk. He's like a kid you meet on the playground. Really? Like, oh, my God, I cannot see how this guy can play next year. Well, hey, I, I'm, I'm rooting for for your opinion here. I mean, I'm glad I, I like uh, I like that that guy. uh Capo Caco, he's how how was he looking out there? Well, he scored the game winner, and I think that's the reason why Jack was even more frustrated. You oh, got the sure. guy right behind you in the draft rankings, and and he scores the golden goal for for Finland. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, you know a goal that he he could write home about. It was just more sure, but it's still the goal, you know. Sure, yeah. You're gonna so. that that that's the game winner. It's it's the uh, it's the Kapanen goal of this year, you know, yeah, when, when yeah. Finland won in 2013, I think. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's so, interesting. I don't know. I, yeah. But, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's even Quinn, eh? Even him. He was awful. He was awful <clears throat> in those last two games. He, he was turning over the puck in, in the neutral zone. No one would be back. Just, oh my just God. making bad plays. I know you, were early in the tournament, you said he looked like the best player at some point you were watching him. But, boy, yeah. oh, boy, those last two games, nothing to uh to brag about if 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 you're one of the the Hughes brothers. He just got like in over his head. He was trying too much or what he just was going bat- on? Yeah, he he just tried to do a big move. He tried to break the puck out of his own zone. He'd he lose the puck. He'd he'd mishandle it or some guy would check it off him. Wow. Um, just just bad. Like just not the crisp play I was expecting. Like he he just looked like nervous and kind of struck out there. Wow, so interesting. I, yeah, that that's why I can't even see him playing in the NHL this year. Like if come if on, Vancouver even he he's no, going like, to be in the NHL this year at the end you, of this you, year. No, probably. no, no. You put you put it off till next year. I, I mean, he just he just. I mean, it's a short sample size. Albeit, like I'm I'm by no means judging these players like right here, right now. But yeah, it, it was yeah. two very important games on a big stage, a place that Pierre Maguire says you should dominate, dominate oh, the world. Oh God. Don't and, and bring just, that D word in here. <laughs> and they just did not. <laughs> Down did not. Come on. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the tournament a little bit more, Nick, mostly on the on the Canada side. So let's uh let's rewind back to December 26th, 2018. Denmark 14 zip. And what is the quote from Don Les Cherry on Hockey Night in Canada the following Saturday? The hockey gods are going to get you. You can't go running around beating Denmark 14 nothing because you're going to get pumped later on in the tournament. <laughs> what did we see, Nick? And I'll tell you what I saw. I saw one of the most unlucky sequences of events in recent Team Canada history. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. The way things shook down in that overtime was like... 
It is what exactly Don Sherry said. It's an act of Jesus Christ or God or whatever you want to call it. Because there's forces at work here. I'm just, uh, I, I was I was beside myself. I was, I was so frustrated to lose like that. Man, oh man, Nick, that, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, just to reiterate for the audience, I mean, uh, fluky goal with a few seconds left in the game go, goes, okay, first off, okay, no, it, it was like nuts how it happened. You, you have this uh, finish forward going into your zone. Uh, I have no idea how he got into the zone. He somehow like evaded both Canadian defensemen along um, along the boards. You remember what I'm talking about here, right? Yeah. It, like out of nowhere, like someone's got to at least take the body on him and just and just not let him around you. But he <clears throat> literally skates by both guys, puts the puck on the net, goes off somebody's leg, either a Canadian or a Finnish player. I think it was a Finnish player. And and it literally just like slides under the armpit of Di, Di Pietro. He's in disbelief. And, uh, and and the goal's in, and it's a tie game. And then in the overtime, you got the shootout. Or sorry, not a shootout. You got a penalty shot. Evan Bouchard makes a great play, get, gets gets tripped up, gets, gets the penalty shot. Canada doesn't... The coaches don't know what the fuck's going on. They don't know if they're allowed to pick a guy. or You, you saw that <laughs> shot where it showed the Canadian coach, and he was just look, scrambling around, looking around, not really knowing what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was embarrassing, and then and then he he looks at Comtois and goes, Comtois, you're the guy. Sorry, <laughs> Comtois. He didn't say it like that. Yeah, probably. You know, the guy goes in, basically makes a move, not even a move, basically shoots the puck like a house lead player would. Not, not okay, nothing, Nick. nothing, just literally nothing. He just skates in on the goalie, tries tries to <clears> shoot <throat> under the blocker, fails miserably. And then uh, Canada, after that, it's coming down the ice. Uh, what was it? Tippett who broke his stick? Who broke his stick? It was stick? Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson, stick breaks. Beautiful feed from the from the, his teammate. Wide open net. Cody stick Glass. Breaks. Cody Glass. No Beautiful. look cross seamer. Oh, my God. It would have been amazing. Like, that was Puck a play goes, for yeah. the heavens. Oh, yeah. Just nuts. And, and, and the stick breaks. Puck goes the other way. That same guy, Cody Glass, tries to get his stick on the puck. Yeah. Unfortunately, deflects off his stick in, into the... Um, yeah. In like, literally like a little five, ten second span. The most ridiculous loss that we've had in a long time. A long time. Mm-hmm. But I want to rewind. Ice. I want to rewind. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. The penalty shot... Mm-hmm. How can someone blame the coach for choosing this kid? It to me it seems like just a no-brainer. Why would you not choose the one returning player, the one captain of your team? Now let, let me paint the scenario for you, Nick. This isn't just like a a regular game. You you've got a home crowd, everyone's on their feet. Like can you imagine the monumental pressure? No no guy, no matter how skilled he is, is going to go out there pulling fancy moves. They're all just going to kind of tr- keep it simple. That's why I have no problem with the the call that the coach made because this guy is the only guy that's been on this stage. These None of these kids have ever seen a stage like this. And, and I, this I know. I, hey, I get it. I get it. I, I really do. But you got to understand this. Re- but but there's there's something called hockey analytics. Okay. There's something called stats, a, a player's success on a certain goalie. And apparently Frost had a great history against that goalie. One of Glass or Tippett had a great history against <laughs> that goalie because, as you know, he's in the OHL, that goalie. Uh, U- Pekalukin, right? Uka Pekalukunen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your boy. Love And, uh, yeah, apparently two of those three guys I just mentioned, Frost, Glass, Tippett, have great shootout success against him. They've beat him with a move in the past. They could have just tried it again. And and it was pr- kind of comical because at when when Bouchard went down, Ferraro was like, "All right, I, I you got to think it's Frost, Glass, or Tippett here." No, he, he literally did he really he literally said that. He's like, <clears throat> "Yeah, if, I, if I'm Hunter, I'm go, I'm going with Frost, Glass, or Tippett," <clears throat> and and he literally go and he goes to neither of the three of them. <clears throat> well, and at that point, at that point, I knew he was he wasn't going to score. No, come on. You didn't. I'm just saying, like, the analyst is literally like, hey, it's probably going to be one of those three guys, and he goes off the board. He, It's not off the board, though. It's definitely not off the board. Like, I mean, yeah, he's the, the captain. It's the most logical and, thing. 
Like if you, and, you and can't you can't sure. listen to the analytics at, at on this stage at in this moment. It's just crazy. Well, and, I don't know. Like there is a place for hockey analytics. I'm not by no means the hockey analytics guy, but there is a place for it. <clears throat> shootout shootout success seems to be a place where you could implement statistics, success, chances against a goalie, and how well you do. And I mean, hey, it's easy to be Monday morning quarterback and say he made the wrong pick because he missed. Yeah. But I mean, there were three guys there who had success against that very goalie. And, and it's not unrational to say that they would have been good picks at that very moment. My one question to you is this. Do you think he had this planned out before this situation came up? He the must coach? have. He must have. If he didn't have this planned out, then he blew it. The coach? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think he had a plan because, again, when they interviewed him afterwards, he said he was the best guy in practice, like shootout guy in practice, yeah. Contois. So, so if that's his rationale, then clearly he had a plan. Yeah. Still a lot. I mean, hey, it's it's just it's weird. It's weird how, I mean, I guess we're on the subject right now. I wanted to get into just how much of a debacle this this coach was, how <clears throat> how poor yeah. a job he did. Let's let's get into it because I I, I agree he's had mistakes. He's had a lot of mistakes in this in this tournament. Yes, and and I think you need to start with the power play. Absolutely, absolutely. Terrible power play makes no. No adjustments whatsoever. When, None. when we talk about the best coaches in the world, Babcock, guys like that, they're always making in-game adjustments. Or even if they're not making in-game adjustments, they're doing it between games. And, and they're planning, and they're always thinking hockey, and they're always pressing buttons to see, to see what'll work. And yeah. This coach just sat on his ass, watched this power play unit, the first unit, just not do anything at all, didn't react whatsoever, just sent the same guys out there every time, and it was arguably the worst power play we've seen in Canadian World Junior history. It's very possible. It's, you, Kyle, I could have put you on the bench. You no. could have been him, and and you could have you would have at least woken up after the first couple games and been like, "All right, uh, Lafreniere, you got a shot," or, or or this other guy who's showing some life, yeah. you get a shot, or maybe you know, even that, mix the two units, like yeah. you know, pick this guy, move him there, exactly. like make one super unit, maybe, and this, then. This isn't the New York Islanders where your third line guys are like Komarov and, and you're and you're trying Komarov out on the power yeah. play. This is yeah. a team of they're supposed to be the all-stars, the young all-stars of Canadian junior hockey. Yes. Okay, these are all guys who can play on a power play. Lafreniere, a fourth liner, could play on a power play. And yeah. and you have and you show no semblance of of giving guys a shot or creativity. And it and it takes you seven games to realize that you blew it. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know how to explain that. It's almost like he, he saw it click in one game, like early in the tournament, probably like Denmark or maybe the pre-tournament. And he's like, this is the group. And then he just like, he waited, waited. He's like, I, I know they're going to click. He was, he was hoping for it. But guess what? At that point, you're playing not to lose. You're not playing to win. Like you're just, you have to, you have to be aggressive sometimes and, and try things because Man, that just it just wasn't working. And we've seen statistically the play the teams that win this tournament, they all have like a 30 to 40% power play. Like the the numbers are very very telling. A good power play often leads to winning this tournament. So, I mean, if he was thinking of just riding this out and hoping it would fix itself, you're crazy. So that that was, that was a blow. Sec like another thing, I want I this this bugged me a lot because one of the guys in that game, we were struggling to find offense. You agree with me there? Two goals in the last two games. I, th I think that would be uh, an understatement if you ask me. Yeah, so I, I thought the one line that was creating some sort of heartbeat for this team, some sort of offensive spark, was the Frost and Hayton line. They were, at, they were producing stuff. They were, you know, dipping and dangling. They were skating well. And you know what? Uh, I mean, yeah, they were. I mean, Frost, I think, had a kind of an off last couple games. Uh, there was but, that one. There was that one game he took the ten minute penalty, sat in the box for ten minutes. Well, that he, that's he, a different story, but. But I agree. It, as a line, they were okay. But I I think his best games were in the start of the tournament. But I think that line five on five was like easily the most creative and the most productive in terms of generating chances, though. And mm -hmm. the the thing is, like Frost saw zero time in overtime, zero. 
Like this is your mm-hmm. like th- I think he was the leading scorer at this point or yeah, at least yeah. top 3. In the OHL he had tremendous success in overtime. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's the guy in overtime in the right. OHL. He right. saw zero. Like yep. this the coach just benched like Again, Kai, analytics. That that's something that's analytics you just mentioned. He didn't do his homework. He didn't he didn't take No, he didn't do his homework. You have to use analytics not as your main tool, but as it is something that complements <clears throat> what you're really using. How, however you evaluate talent. And to me, it looks like he just tossed it out the window and didn't even consider things like that at all. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, the big ego of, of being Canada. He's like, you know what? Uh, I, I don't I don't need to prepare for this game because I got the best team here. Like, like ideally, you want to make ha- little notes on, on guys. Well, this guy, he's good in overtime. Just let's write that down and keep it on my notebook. Oh, this guy, he, he does well in, in shootouts against this guy. Like, it just seems like he went in boneheaded and he just fucking blew it. Like, this guy is and, just... Yeah, and, and speaking of preparation, did you hear about the practice thing? Uh, I didn't. I, I, I don't know, maybe. Remind me. This team did not practice once during the whole tournament. What? Yeah. Because they didn't so, have so time or they just didn't practice? Yes. Yeah, but his, his, argue, his complaint was <laughs> they were kind of midday games, kind of late afternoon, early evening games in Vancouver because they had to televise it for the East coast. Yeah. And, and he said with that schedule, they could, they just didn't practice. And any, and, and his second excuse was he wanted his guys like with enough energy during the game. Okay. I mean, what's a morning skate going to hurt where you go over some stuff. I mean, the other teams are practicing and they're doing just fine. So what may, what makes you think you got to baby your squad and, and not practice them? All I'm hearing is excuses after excuses from yeah. Jack Hughes from this Canadian <laughs> squad. You know who you know who doesn't make excuses? You know who's you know who I felt the most sadness for? You'll agree with me here was the goaltender, Mikey D. Pietro. Mm. I was saying throughout this game, I was like I I tweeted it, it got He's some traction. I said, This is the best Canadian goalie performance that I can remember in a Since long time. A long time. Since Carey Price in the shootout year, and I didn't even wa- I didn't even watch that because I was I did I didn't care about hockey at that time. But this uh-huh. goalie, he was like, I'm used to seeing Canadian goalies just shaky as shit and relying on yeah. offense to yeah. get them through. I mean, Carter Hart didn't look this good. This guy mm-hmm. looked just unshakable. And then you got mm-hmm. that one bad goal, and you're like, you saw his face. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just, just heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. then like, you know, this guy doesn't deserve this. This is just no. this is awful for him. And but hey, and he's a pro. He he handled it very well. They interviewed him after the game. Very very calm and composed. The 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 character I was expecting in the moment. Yeah. Um, again, on the ice, off the ice, he was the MVP for Canada in this tournament. He'll be the name. You won't remember this tournament from from a from a you know a performance as a team performance standpoint, but you will remember uh, Mikey DiPietro for sure. I think. Yeah. And it should be noted, too, that this is his home crowd in Vancouver because he's a yeah. Vancouver Whoa, guy. Oh, man, when they were chanting his name, oh, goosebumps. Yes. I had goosebumps. Yes. Even even after they lost, it was like, wow. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Um, one more thing, and this is another one on the coach because I love just beating up on this guy. <laughs> this is um, why he's not in the NHL. He'll never make it. He'll never make so, it. <laughs> so, yeah, they sent him. Yeah. Right after the tournament, they sent him back to Moose Jaw. <laughs> Get out of here. Whatever the hell Moose Jaw is. <laughs> Saskatchewan, I think. Oh, that's probably yeah, the dirtiest go back, town. Go ever. back to the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan. <laughs> that's a You're never going town. to the show. Anyways, they uh, apparently he had like a press conference after the game. So, so it was this wasn't just with the interview after the game. This was the press conference and he sits down and this like this wasn't on film I couldn't like look it up but these are just reports apparently like the first thing he said when he sat down was I'm not here to talk about the past it's over (laughs) (laughs) nice at which which point at which point uh, you know uh, Ferraro being the savvy smart guy he is he's just like well if if you're not going to talk about the past what's there to talk about (laughs) <laughs> the tournament's the tournament's over. Yeah, you're there's nobody no tape, now. There's, there's no tape to be analyzed. There's this team's gonna be dis, dispatched. They're never gonna be back again. You're going back to Moose Jaw. Like, what's there to talk about? <laughs> what a prick. Like that's just a very unprofessional conduct after a game. 
if, if you want to be in the NHL, you should be, you should have to address the media after even the most devastating of losses. <clears throat> yes. And, yes. And this is just unprofessional childlike conduct mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah. It really makes you appreciate guys like Dominic Ducharme from last year, who's now on the, uh, the Montreal assistant coach side. So a there good go. guy, he's graduated. I mean, he's had all the success there. And it goes to show, like, if you do well at this tournament, it puts you on the map, even on coaching. So Dominic Ducharme, I hear he's he's a good players coach. And, uh, you know, Tim Hunter, this guy, he just couldn't couldn't get it done. So hopefully we'll see a new guy next year. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll never hear the name Tim Hunter again at the World Juniors. I, I hope not. <laughs> I if mean, you how do, could I'm, you? I'm how could out. you? I'm checking out if, if yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. How about that uh, Klim Costin temper tantrum? What did you think of that? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I liked I liked the guy's game against Canada. I, I thought he played a very good game in the Canada game. Mm. And and I was ready and I was, you know, I'm a St. Louis fan, so I was very high on the guy and I was I was pleased to see that. But uh boy oh boy. When he when he stared at the crowd and, and just dropped an F bomb. Boy oh boy. I mean that that's you not as like bad that, as eh? the guy chucking the medal into the crowd no. last year. But but that's pretty bad. And 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 just man, he just he looked like a mess. That whole Russian team looked like a mess. Yeah. Like they, they, you, you could tell they were going to be shipped to Siberia or something after oh, the game because they were just, they were just defeated. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's it's the passion of the game. I'll tell you what, it, there, it is a passionate game, and he had a reason to be disappointed, and he played an awful gold medal game. So, I mean, fair enough. Or sorry, silver medal game. Um, but I did like the apology afterwards. Very professional, uh, issuing mm. that out, and uh, at least he kind of salvaged. He salvaged uh, that that moment with with that, you know. Yeah, and you know where this all started was he's the guy that called Comtois a diving clown. His mm-hmm. his former life was a was a circus clown, something like that. So wow. he, the Canadian fans already didn't like him. So when he was named right. like one of the players of the game or whatever, they were booing him, and then he was just like "fuck off." Like mm-hmm. a little baby, but uh, you know what? He he brought it on himself. Like he he drew that attention to himself, and then yeah, he got what he he got what he expected. He got the booze, and then he he couldn't handle it. But he, right. he did apologize. But uh, I don't know. You know, you know. Sometimes Russian players can be a bit funny. So I think mm-hmm. this might be one of those guys who Nick the he'll turn his back on you and run off to the KHL after two years in St. Louis. We'll see. Probably. We'll, we'll see. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't even want to talk about the blues right now, but yeah, no, I don't blame you. Let's move on. Let's move on. I want to get uh, a quick Pierre Maguire update from you because I, I, I'll be honest, Nick, I haven't been listening to the radio too much, so I haven't heard Pierre's silky voice recently. I'd love to know what Mm -hmm. he's on about. Well, he did mention that the most recent winter classic, the, uh, the Bruins against Chicago classic, that's just a... Typical, typical NBC Winter Classic teams. Why is Chicago and, uh, always in those? They're always in those. That's and, ridiculous. And, and, and it's not Boston's first either. No. And 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 it, it's at Notre Dame. Yeah. So very American, uh, very American location. Um, and and hey, the guy said best Winter Classic from both a performance and a rink quality condition standpoint ever in in the history of Winter Classic outdoor mm. games. Um, which, I mean, I didn't watch much of the game. I just saw the highlights, um, looked pretty good from my stamp, uh, from my opinion, but I mean, I don't know about quality wise, if it's the best game ever, you know, I mean, I, I can't say so much about it cause I didn't watch, but it wasn't like it was a crazy overtime game or a, no, or yeah. a shootout finish. Um, I mean, the theater looked great. It was like a huge stadium that the players, the way they walked in was really cool um like kind of like a football vibe but yeah. uh yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say i just thought i'd mention that pierre went off the record and said that well uh when just looking at the highlights it's it was pretty refreshing to see like how nice the ice was because i mean we've seen tons of games where it's snowing and and honestly when the snow's out there and you can't really move the puck it becomes kind of a dog shit uh, game so it was nice to see that it looked like a regular game out there which was cool but uh, I'll be honest, though, 
just the, the outdoor games just they don't do anything for me anymore nick it's mm-hmm. it's just kind of a normal game for me like i'm not going to go out of my way to to watch that game or even if a different team's playing in a regular game i'll watch that like you know I, I'll, I'll i'll watch the highlights I'll, I'll look at the spectacle but i'm not going to watch the game just because it's it's the outdoor game Th- those days are gone for me oh i agree uh, and if I do tune in, like I, I actually disagree with the good rink standpoint. I kind of like it when the sh- condition conditions are shitty, when oh, the guys okay. are shivering. Yeah. They got the they got the fucking the robber masks on and <laughs> yeah. toques. You can't barely see their faces. You just see their eyes. Like that's the shit I love because it's like for for just a second these guys are like us playing on the pond. You know, yeah. Like those, yeah. those nice heated benches they have. Those aren't gonna help you when it's you know minus thirty with the wind chill. And, right. and it's just a mess out there, you know? Yeah. So right. I, I kind of enjoy seeing it during, and the snow's going everywhere. I, I, I can recall that, that Toronto Detroit one from a year, a few years back. That, yeah, that, that was, was pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I like, I kind of like stuff like that rather than the clean played one, but overall I agree. I mean, it's, it's been overdone. Uh, what I will say though, is that I do like the decision to, to, to have it in Dallas next year and Colorado. Because yeah. you're starting to expand these hockey markets. You have these kind of unsung hockey markets. It's not as developed. Yeah. You're getting the game out there. I think that's good. Like, I, I don't I don't like the game very much. I don't like these outdoor games. But what I do like is what, what Bettman's doing with, with moving these more south and more west. Yeah, that's smart. I just don't know. How are you going to do it in Dallas with the weather? That's... Well, they did, it, they did it in L.A. Oh, what? Right? They, they, yeah, they had a game in Dodger Stadium. Uh, okay. Several years ago, with Kings and uh, San Jose, yeah. and uh, yeah, there was some melting ice, but hey, it was it was it was fine. Yeah, and, melting uh, ice never hurt anybody. They made it if they made it work in L.A., they'll make it work in Dallas. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, apparently, this is way back. Apparently, like in the seventies or the eighties, they had a, they had one between L.A. and the Rangers in Vegas in the middle what? of a desert. How the hell is that possible? Yeah, how is that possible back then? Fake. Uh, Pierre ice. told me that. He he was like, yeah, they had a they had one in the middle of the desert. I'm like, maybe he's fucking delusional because that sounds like a load <laughs> of shit to me. <laughs> sounds nuts. Pierre was the, those are Pierre's uh, wild, crazy days, if you know what I mean. Like How he, could those buffoons in the seventies and the eighties set up a winter classic in the desert? <laughs> Pierre was still living as a hippie. Like yeah, he just didn't know what was going on out there. Well, this is the I desert, suppose. isn't it? No, Pierre, this is uh, New York City. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Nick, I wanna I wanna turn your attention to a player in our city who's not doing so well, Nick. Quite frankly, he's been dog shit. William Nylander, the preppy rich pretty boy who held out for his team to get a little bit of extra dollars in his pocket, is playing lazy, at times dis- disinterested. And uninvolved, Nick. Carlo Koliakovo went on to say he's not playing like an NHL player. Um, I mean, if say this were to continue, let let's just play this game. Say this goes on for, you know, the duration of the season. What? Uh, how, how does this play out in Toronto? Do they do they run him out of town, Nick? I mean, if you're looking online right now on Twitter and stuff. You wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe this the shit you read on this guy. Like people are already up in arms about his play. What what's going to happen right now if this continues? Well, I, I think at this point, the the season's been written off. Like his season, like I, I yeah, like how is that I, acceptable point, though? I no, I I think the goal at this point is just have him ready for playoffs. <clears throat> you have half a season left. By like the 60 game point, I think what Babcock's hoping for is at that point, he's finally doing something, you know, because then he's getting heated up for the playoffs and then come the playoffs, Kyle, if he has a good playoffs, this is all forgotten sure. in oh, my yeah, mind. Yeah. Because let's face it, if you're a Leafs fan, the regular season means nothing anymore. I mean, there, there was a short little period. They had a slump. I think these next three games are big. They got Boston, Colorado, Tampa, huge games. Oh, I mean, yeah. if you lose, if you lose all three, then okay, you're back in the mix of not even making the playoffs. Wow. But at this point, the the way it looks right now, you're you're in, and 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 the regular season means nothing. So if the kid doesn't get it going in the next twenty games, but come like game 60, 70, he he finds a spark, 
and they find a spot for him in the lineup, then 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 I think it's gold. And then if he has a good series against Boston in the first round or whoever you play, then you forget about it. That sure. that's the that's people can have very short memories when when you do things on a on a major scale. Like think Jake Gardner had a very good year last year, but everyone remembers him for the game seven fiasco, right? Yeah, yeah. So so if Nylander can just flip the script and and have a poor regular season, but then have an outstanding playoff, then it's all forgotten. So here, if I'm him, twist. I'm I'm thinking about that. Yeah, here's the twist though. Say and it's very it's very plausible. Say Toronto finishes behind Boston. They don't have home ice advantage. And Nylander plays, you know, average, maybe even like pretty well. Not amazing, but pretty well in that series, and they lose. It's bad. It's going to look very, very, very bad on him. Because everyone's going to be going, we needed home ice advantage to win this. It was very important. And they're all going to look at this kid like, I don't know. He, it, I don't, I don't trust him to suddenly turn it on in the playoffs. He, he's going to have to figure this out, or, or his time here is is seemingly very limited. I, th- I think, because people are, people are not very happy. And I, I want to, I want to talk about this too. Outside of the stars on this Toronto Maple Leafs team, I mean, you've got some forwards who aren't, uh, aren't doing a whole lot. I mean, look at Kadri. Kadri's having a quietly very bad year. Oh, terrible. Something like two goals in 25 games. <clears throat> it's nasty. And, and how's Marlowe doing? Is is he is he pulling his usual weight? Uh whole third line's kind of a debacle. It's kind of the waste crew. You got yeah. the first two the first two lines doing the heavy lifting. The fourth lines look surprisingly good. And the third line's kind of just the waste crew. You toss the guys in when they're not contributing on the first or the second line. Yes. And then the other thing is that power play. I'm sure you've heard all about that is just Mm. The power play has been very bad. The right. people are calling it predictable. And, well, uh, they, that's why they made the changes, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Matthews is now on the second unit. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. But uh, a, a lot of people on the radio, TSN, and all that, they're saying it's, this could be a, a thing of you know Mike Babcock putting these players into a system, or or you know it's he doesn't make up the power play. I don't think directly, but he wants them to very closely follow that system. It may be limiting some of their creativity because, I mean, you look at Mitch Marner, he's one of the most creative guys on the ice. And I don't think Marner's uh, just running out of options there and just forcing that cross seam. It just seems like they just keep playing that same play. But now you're, you know, it, it worked so well in the beginning that uh, I, I don't know how this is going to go. But then again, this could be a way to spark Nylander on that second unit as well because he's kind of like the only main stud on that second unit too. So, yeah, this this game tomorrow is going to be a hell of a game to watch for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like I said, I, I'm evaluating the next three. It, it's three big opponents, right? You got Boston, the big bad Bruins, last meeting of the season, four-point game. This might very well determine where you finish in the standings, whether it be second or third. Then you got Colorado. They're going to be hungry for a win, struggling the most of any team in the NHL right now. Oh, that'll be It's good. going to be very two fastest teams in the league, excluding yeah. Tampa. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then the fall, and then that Thursday, you've got the Tampa. So you, between Colorado, Tampa, Leafs, you got the three fastest teams facing off there in a span of two or three days. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I think Leaf fans ought to evaluate those three just as as their own and and that'll be a good little evaluation for for how this team's doing given they're actually playing some some elite teams in my opinion and freddie anderson coming back on saturday i think is he is he back tomorrow that's it's i it sounds like it's 80 percent. yeah like it yeah, sounds like they, he's gotten the, the green light to go they need they need some stability there because as yes. much as hutchison's won some games for them uh he, he's looking fragile He's looking kind of weak. You saw that with the two goals in the span of under 30 seconds last night. Um, there's been a little bit of Garrett Sparks in him. And he's, he's mentally fragile and he's given up some weird goals every so often. So uh, you definitely need to stabilize the goaltending position with, with mm-hmm. Freddie coming back. Yeah, and he's he's done an, a pretty good job considering who he is and where he's from. I mean, he, he, he was a, he's a stopgap, let's be honest. And I think... It's it's been okay what he's been able to do, uh, and I yeah it's just 
without Freddie Anderson, this team looks a lot more average than than I'd like, you know? Like, it mm. just seems like a lot of the holes are now beginning to show themselves. So it'll be nice to have him back for sure. And it really goes to show you the value that he's delivered to them this year. Mm. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's scurry on over, Nick. We've got the Eastern Conference wildcard race. And this one's going to be hot all the way down to the end, I think. So right now we're looking at three teams in particular. And I, I will add, none of these three teams are that far back of Boston or Toronto too. So things could change, but I, I see it shaken down like this. You've got two wildcard spots available for these three teams. Buffalo, Montreal, and the New York Islanders. Unless someone like Carolina somehow goes on a huge run. Something like that. But if you were to choose two of those three teams to make it, who who are you picking? So just the three? Yeah, two out of those three. Yeah, Buffalo, Montreal, New York. Hmm. It's pretty tough. Well, it's very tough, and and it's and it's very tough because Islanders have been a huge surprise. Buffalo has been a huge surprise, and and Montreal they've all overachieved. I think that's fair to say they're yeah. all worthy candidates. Um, but hey, I. I'm going to kind of go with the underdog here. I'm kind of bullish on the Islanders. I, I like their style of play. I like what the coach has done um, from the whole defensive standpoint. They're second in the league in goals again, something like that. Robin Leonard has, has emerged and found a home in Long Island. Yes. Uh, Barzell has picked it up since the, oh. the slow start. He's a star if you're watching oh, those games. Oh. He's flying. Typical Barzell. Um I mean, I'm I'm bullish on that team. I I, I like them a lot. Um, and then between Montreal and Buffalo, I mean, it's 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 tough. But I like Montreal more because I I just wow. they to me they look like a, they they they're a more complete team. They got wow. the goaltender. They got the they got the Shea they got Shea Weber back. Um, I've never liked Buffalo. Like I I just I can't find a reason to like them. Like I okay, I love the fan base. I love the city. They deserve it more than any team to be in the playoffs. Careful, when I break we got down some that, loyal fans in Buffalo. Yeah, I know we do. But when I break down the team and I just look at the guys top to bottom on paper compared to those other two teams, they're just I don't know. They got a good first line. You got Eichel back now. Like that that's great. You got Skinner having a career year. He he just got voted into the All Star game, one of the last men in. Mm-hmm. Um but the defense has always looked meh. You know, you got Risto and Dahlin, but other than that, I don't like any of those guys. The goaltending, they're flip-flopping between Hudden and, uh, and, and and Elmark, who are talented, but they're not Carey Price. I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I For some reason, I've never particularly atta- been attached to Buffalo, but, but I see reasons why, a, like a Montreal veteran group, veteran coach, Claude Julien, you just that you figure they find a way to get in. And the same goes for Barry Trotz. I, I just trust like a Trotz and a Julian coach team more than like some Phil Housley coach team, you know? Mm. Well, Nick? that's just Yeah, that's just my opinion. Regarding the Islanders, I'm very inclined to agree. These, uh, these guys have been impressing me lately. Just in, in particular, Barzell is just on another level right now. Like he's he's playing like a top five player in the league. Mm-hmm. And and he's he's gone on to quote, I've never felt this confident in this team's ability to win games. Mm-hmm. And I think Leonard is on a six or seven game win streak. You're seeing this coach who's, if this continues, who's probably the front runner for coach of the year, in my opinion, because he took this ragtag bunch of non-John Tavares Islanders up to a playoff spot. It's crazy what he's been able to do. You seemingly, I mean, they were they were a disaster defensively last year. Now this year, they just totally turned it around. I mean, while I think Buffalo and Montreal started strong and they're starting to fade a little bit now, I think the Islanders are, are maintaining and maybe even building some momentum. So definitely the Islanders I'm going to keep in there. And uh, M- Buffalo, Montreal, Nick, I got to say... I have lost complete confidence in Montreal Canadiens. Hmm. Wow, what a shock. I will tell you, Montreal will shite the bed. And the reason why is because in the last couple games, last few games, 
St. Louis game, eh? They got I'm having down. nightmares. I'm having nightmares of, of <laughs> last year and earlier on, like this team struggling to score. It's just and like Drew Ann and Domi have, have disappeared. Struggle. Like it's I'm telling you, it, it's a step forward this season. This season was great. It's a, it's you know, it's you're going in the right direction, but this team is not a playoff team. I'm telling you right now. You can't look at uh, Drewan and Domi. Domi's been, yeah, Domi's been great, but I mean, you need more help offensively in terms of pure talent. Drewan's not the guy. I think we've we've established that. Um, and then when I flip flop and I look at Buffalo, you just got just way more pure talent up front. You got Eichel, who's leading the charge as a pure number one center. It's beautiful. Skinner's having a career year. He's and he he was, he was even scoring when Eichel was out. You got Reinhardt. You got guys like Tage Thompson looking better and better. Uh, I mean, the goalies can get it done there. I mean, Price has been average if, at best this year, anyways. So yeah, I, I I pick Buffalo just to squeak out Montreal by a bit. And hey, I, I maybe even Carolina finishes ahead of Montreal. I think they could they could go for a shit quite soon. Oh yeah, like I I wouldn't be like I. If, if you remember on our last uh, playoff prediction segment, I, ch- I, I chose Carolina as a wild card team. I, I would not be surprised if Carolina and the Islanders are the two playoff teams. Mm. And here's another sneaky one. Maybe uh, maybe that team Columbus drops out oh, with all the drama swirling around that there team. There is a lot of drama there. You're right. A lot with, of drama. Uh, yeah. Bobrovsky, with- you can't play the game. They, they, they suspended him for one game. Cause he, cause he went uh, when he got pulled, he didn't come back to the bench. I think, I think that's what it was. Yeah, they're 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 only two points away from being knocked out of their spot, and and that that's concerning. Oh, and uh, this? I mean, they lose Bobrovsky. Say he just gets dealt at the deadline. Yeah. You're gonna tell me you're gonna run with Corpusalo for the last 20, 30 games of the oh, year and hope fuck. to get you in? <laughs> fuck, I, I don't, don't think know. so. That's a great team on paper. I, I love, love the team. team. I, love, I love the team. Love the way they play. Yes. But but if you lose Bobrovsky, if he just doesn't want to play for you, if one guy just pieces out, if he just checks out your most important player, then you're done. Destitos. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's even if Corpusalo can play average, I think they still make the playoffs, but maybe they're a wild card. But, uh, I mean, you got to think with, with their situation, with the Panarin and Bobrovsky, oh, two Russians, They're both go gone. figure. They're both gone. They're both gone. So you have to deal at least one of them. You have, mm-hmm. you have to go to your – the GM has to look the owner straight in the eye and go, we got to do this. I'm sorry. Like, we, like, look at what John Tavares did. Like, we cannot let these two superstar players walk. Bobrovsky, top five goalie in the league. Panarin, unbelievable player. That will just be a disaster for the franchise. So they they've got to deal at least one of them, and uh, maybe they roll the dice on Panarin and try to get him to stay by hoping for a long playoff run. I don't know, but uh, if you deal both of these guys, I don't know, Nick. It's it's so it's it's a tough move, and it's hard to sell that to the fan base. It's really hard to sell it to the fan base. Yeah, I mean, one guy straight up said, I don't want to re-sign with you guys before the season even started. So that wasn't going well. And then the other guys got these off-ice issues. You, yeah. you, some some kind of, I don't know what happened, some kind of disciplinary issue. And, <laughs> and now apparently he said we cleared the air, everything's yeah, all good. Yeah. He sat down with the GM today, but, you know, that's just for the press. But, yeah. you know, stuff, certain stuff just isn't... Some some wounds take longer to heal than others, oh, and, I and I don't think people are gonna have a short memory about this one. You know, Torch so, is not gonna let this slide. You know that. Like no, no. It, there's there's some awkwardness in the air. Yeah, and 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 this might consume the, the team, and, and and that would be unfortunate <laughs> for for a, for a team that looks very good for a, for a for a good fan base. But uh, yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. And it's, it's gonna not be very interesting. It's really not fair on this franchise because oh, no. they've played oh, no. all their cards right. They've been patient. Mm-hmm. They've been looming around uh, being a great team. They've been right on the edge of being a great team. Good trades. You get Seth Jones for for Ryan Johansson. Yeah. You get uh you get um 
Dubois, you draft Dubois, like some great moves. And that's an Carpel, off the board What's pick? his name? The Kekalainen, the, yes. the GM. He's done a great job, but great unfortunately, job. you got these, you know, two other issues with your two most important players. It's sad, but yeah, well, it it'll be interesting to see the return they get when they when they do move one of these guys. And hey, maybe it's at the deadline, like, mm-hmm. or sorry, at at the at the draft. Like if they can't get it done at the deadline because there's no value with the players because they everyone knows they're in a tight spot. Maybe it's the draft, but that's the latest you can do it is the mm-hmm. draft. Otherwise, they're gone. Yeah, you got to at least trade one, I think. You can't let both walk. <clears throat> you let both walk, then that's, that's a huge loss. No loyalty, eh? No loyalty in this game. Well, no. there should be. There, there usually is, but n- not for these guys. Poor Columbus. Yeah, not, not for Columbus. Then again, I wouldn't want to fucking play for Columbus either. <laughs> Really? They seem like a Kyle team. No, I mean, come on. Columbus, Ohio. Like, what's going exciting, on there? Exciting hockey market, cold climate. Um, very Kyle nice. <laughs> is, it an, is it an exciting hockey market? The home games are pretty fun. They got the cannon going. Yeah, I guess. The fans seem into it. They deserve a long run. Like, oh, I yeah. want to see them do well. But oh, yeah. uh, they're not going to do it this year anyways. But, yeah, one more topic, Nick. The last topic of the show, and it's regarding one of my favorite teams out here. So I have to take some heat on this one. (laughs) Colorado Avalanche. They're free-falling. Free-falling. Seven-game losing streak, I believe. Seven, maybe even eight. I'm not sure what they're at right now. I I think they snapped the streak. But, like, all all in all, if you look at it, like, their their last ten games or it's just brutal. Yeah. They're still in a playoff spot, but two six and two. Their uh, their losing ways have been highlighted by a a play on the bench, a little skirmish between player and coach, which resulted in whiny player falling off the bench in in ta- <laughs> in full tantrum mode. So we we saw we saw Nathan McKinnon and Jared Bednar get into it a little bit. Now you could just. Yeah, you know, I heard I heard it was something about McKinnon saying you should pull the goalie. You know, it's not his call to make, and uh, he was he was very wrong in overstepping those boundaries and yelling at the coach in public. But uh, he gave a very sincere apology. And what what I'm glad to see is like someone's fired up about losing. Like at least he's showing some some passion here. Like if if they were all just putting their heads down and watching like usual, like I I wouldn't be. People don't want to see that. So there's fire there, Nick, but it was definitely a very unprofessional move. Oh, yeah. For for a guy you assume has character, good Canadian kid. He's in Tim Horton's commercials. Good player on the ice. Like I, I don't know much about Nathan McKinnon, the guy. I, I know he's a very talented guy. I know he's vastly underpaid. Yeah. That's all I know about him. But I don't know anything about the guy that is Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. He keeps to and, himself. And, he does. And and for this to be my short little snippet, my short little sample size of what he may be, the kind of guy he may be, a little disappointed. And uh, you know, it, it 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 you know, Jared Bednar, I hear he's one of the most nicest coaches in the league, just a straight up good guy. And and you get that vibe when you listen to his interviews. And uh man, for you to just lay out on a coach like that, like I know your team's struggling, but for, for you to for you to do that, I mean Man, oh man, that's uh, that's uh, very unprofessional, if you ask me. Yeah, and you know, I just got the jersey, and fuck, I was I was <laughs> upset by this, Nick. I I was really upset. You know, I don't like my players acting like this. No, I mean, it's just it's not tolerable. You you buy these jerseys, and the character of these guys just drops. First Druan, now this guy. Oh, you're right. It's just you're bad. Right. You see, you see them on the ice. You fall in love with them. You gush for them. <clears throat> And and then you see how they act off the ice, and you're like, "What a bunch of babies!" Yeah, fuck, I I'm cursed. When the <laughs> next, what's my next jersey then? What what is it? Well, what am I gonna buy? Uh, and a, a my next Crosby jersey, and, and Crosby becomes a diva. Like what what goes yeah, on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, like this, but yeah, I think Colorado in the end, I think they're gonna they're gonna pull out of this. I still think they're uh, they're gonna be a pretty good playoff team. I don't that hasn't really changed for me despite this losing streak. But you just find a you gotta find a goalie to get some traction. So one of these guys is gonna have to take the yeah. reins here. 
Like it, you, it's they, bad. I mean, they were so we, good we were, earlier. Varlamov we were, was like a, a yeah. Vesna guy. We were gushing about the guy, and and of late, I think like over the past month, he's got like an eight seventy save percentage. Oh, it's uh, that's that's awful. not going to cut it. Maybe I'll make a it's trade. It's just not. I don't know. I, they just traded for Grubauer, so I don't know if they can afford to make another trade. No, I mean like me in fantasy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're. You've kind of shit the bed in the goalie department, oh, haven't you? Oh, my God. I'm in trouble. So Price for Flurry? That really worked out. No. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. As Pierre says, they're going to get Kale McCarr from the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And uh, and hopefully that's going to turn things around. But, hey, what if what if UMass goes, like, really deep and they don't get him to, like, the playoffs? That would suck. And then it's like, uh, you know, like you're gonna really shove this kid in like a PK Subban yeah. in in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's they need a they need a move. I think on the front, I, I they're not scoring enough right now. As much as the goaltending has been bad, they they need another depth score, second second line guy. Oh yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see that soon. I'm uh, circling I, I think back. It's better. Yeah, like it, it's better to make a a trade early now. Set the market. Don't just react to the market. The deadline's like six weeks away. Be aggressive. Make a move. <clears throat> swing for the fences. Get a forward in there to complement the big line. Yeah, and 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 see what happens. And and just and just st- stick with the goaltending and 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 hope hope things turn around. Yeah, I mean, can we all agree? Like, it's time to trade Tyson Berry. Like, Ooh. get get this guy out of here. He he's he's got a lot of value. He's got a lot of value. But with these guys, young guys coming in, you don't have room for him. And he's got value, and you can get a scoring wing or scoring forward for this guy. It's it's got to be now time. Like you can't really fit all these guys. Come on, you can't really fit them. What would you do if they traded Barry Barry for for who? Nylander. Oh. Come on, <laughs> conflict of interest here. That'd be good. Well, the thing is, I don't think Toronto wants a Barry. I think they no, want, and like, and they can't trade Nylander this year, right? Because the promise. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's got to be next year at the earliest. The big promise, yeah. Yes, of course, the big promise. <clears throat> but even like like get a bona fide second line guy, and I'm and I'm mm-hmm. happy. But uh, oh, what was I was just thinking? And oh yes, what I want to draw your attention to one name. And this guy is a stud defenseman who's been working through injuries, trying to come back. His name's Connor Timmins. You might mm. remember him because he was Canada's top defenseman the year after. Actually, last year when they won, he was he was the guy. He was Canada's number one D. So he's he's been battling some concussion problems all year, but he's getting closer, Nick. And uh, yeah, he's young, but he he can really he can find a spot on your third pairing. And maybe even work his way up from there, and maybe solidify the group a little bit. He's he's a really talented guy, so uh, so look for that. But it, by no means is he gonna like fix all their defensive issues. I'm just I'm just pointing this guy out. He's he's gonna be good. Yeah, and and again, I'm rooting for this team. It wasn't a team I was bullish on before the season, but I I went off the I went on the record. I said I really liked them from the start. And, I, and I'm going to stick with them. I, I can't see them free-falling. As good as the West is and how teams are pushing, you got teams like Minnesota now who've caught red hot after being cold for a while. Um, teams like Anaheim, despite their losing streak, very long nine-game losing streak, are still in it, yeah. technically. Yeah. Um, you got teams like Dallas who are on the fringe. St. Louis is trying to find a push here with their new goalie, young Jordan Binnington. Um, <laughs> young Binnington, save <laughs> the day. Oh my God. We're, we're crossing Let's our fingers. We're crossing cut our it fingers. out. Take a loss uh, on this season here. <laughs> Actually, that's probably what they're doing is taking a loss by putting this guy in. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, regardless, it's different than the East. You got a lot of teams in contention instead of teams kind of dropping. The only yeah. teams really out of it, I think, are Chicago and, uh, and LA. Mm. And, uh, and, and because of that, teams are right on the, right on the, the back of Colorado. So hopefully Colorado can get it going here quick. It's, it's got to start on this road trip, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, huge road trip. I think they will do quite well on this road trip. In fact, yeah. I, I'm predicting a sweep. 
I hope they smack the Leafs. <clears throat> I I hope so too. You're you're gonna That'd see a wonderful McKinnon versus Tavares slash Matthews, and it'll be wonderful. That line will do oh, yeah. do some serious damage. Mm. And obviously, they're gonna beat Montreal and Ottawa. Like, come on, it's not. That'll even, be fun. Yeah, you're, it's not even close. Teams. Yeah. And then again, with the conflict of interest with Ottawa, who's now in the basement, right. that pick is looking juicier and juicier. It's looking surefire top five pick. Surefire, which is amazing. Which, which yes, if, if it happens, then, then we go to the debate of Brady Kachuk uh, did they, versus Did they lose who? the deal? Exactly. Yes. Like, if it's top five, then that conversation's open. Yes. So, going to be very, very interesting. Yes, indeed. But... Uh, as we say it, that will end the show, Nick. And any further final comments? No, uh, I I just think, it, like I said, uh, Leafs fans, this is a very exciting week. Tune in. Like, I, I'll say it again. Um, you got you got Boston, the big game against Boston. You got the Colorado game, the Tampa game. So a, a humongous week, trying to end the the break well before the All Star uh, the All Star festivities. Did you want to talk about that, or do you want to save that for next week? Let's uh, let's save it. Let's save it. All right. Well, we'll I'll save. Be honest, yeah, I, I haven't really looked at the rosters yet. Sure, sure. Because there's some interesting topics to come out of that, but we'll we'll yeah. get to that next week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, just just a big, lots of good hockey coming up this coming week. And uh, yeah, other than that, it w- it was fun to do this again, just the two of us without the mooks and the round table. You know. <laughs> yeah. For, for as much fun as that was, it, it, it's good to have some. You know, with all due respect, some some educated minds. Yeah, on, back the, to uh, on the table here yeah. and uh yeah it's been another fun show yeah we had to get caught up a little bit and we're glad to be back we took a little hiatus and uh yeah expect uh some more good content and and guys things are just getting heating up right now so the last half of the season should be uh should be full speed ahead so uh with that being said guys it's been a pleasure and this is rink moose signing off